you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. What's up, man? I'm so glad you guys are here today. Again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. And man, ain't God awesome? God's incredible. And he's been doing some amazing things at Avenue Church, two years old. And uh, the best is truly yet to come. But my wife and I, we have the honor pastoring this great church, and Easter was amazing, and after an amazing Easter, you see all those hands that went up for salvation, people were taking a step, and that's what we're all about here at Avenue Church, is everybody taking a step, and so after Easter, I jumped on an airplane, and it was totally planned, but jumped on an airplane, went all the way to Miami, went all the way to El Salvador, and spent uh, three days in El Salvador with the Feed One program, and it was amazing. And uh, incredible. So if I say things today, I'll blame it on jet lag. Okay, I'll blame it on jet lag. But it's going to be a normal Sunday. And so uh, in El Salvador, we drove about two hours to a village called Tuncumba uh, in Tuncumba, Salvador. And there we went to school, about 200 kids and me and several pastors. We fed children there for lunch. We fed them. But I got to tell you what, they're receiving like little to nothing. And they're praying in their, in their meal. Father, we pray for the meal. We pray for these pastors. And we pray for those that don't have food as well. And so it's just a generosity mindset in this culture. So go ahead, play that video real quick. And uh, just so you can see where I was for the week, we would go to, uh, we went to two schools. We were feeding children. But not only do they feed children, and this is in the remote area. All that crop right there is coffee crop. Come on, somebody. You know you're in the promised land when you're amongst coffee. Coffee. And there, where not only do they feed children, the government only gives children there 200 calories a day. You need 2,000 a day. So Feed One program helps them get up to 500 calories. But not only that, they're helping them. Not only do they feed them, but they're resourcing them with knowledge. And so they have nutritionists on staff, and they're, tra- they're training children and teachers how to plant a garden. And so there's one gentleman, there's one little boy. He wasn't even in high school. He learned how to plant tomatoes. He planted tomatoes, had something like 2,000 tomatoes. He took them to a market, sold tomatoes. He made tomatoes for food for his family, sold tomatoes. He took all the money and put it right back into a school, and he blessed his teachers with the tomato money. And so I love that. Not only are we feeding people, they're resourcing and educating people all across. You see my jersey? Come on, somebody. I made, I made the video. And so you're going to see another video in the next couple of weeks of our entire trip. But also we went to a women's resource center, which is that last uh, segment right there. And in the resource center, they're teaching women how to be moms, how to do arts and crafts for their children, how to do normal things in life, everyday things in life, but as well as employ them. And so they're getting employed by Convoy of Hope. They're, they're, they're learning how to make money, going to the workforce as well. And that's not very common in that area. And so I just love what God's doing through Feed One. $5 and Drew, your connect card goes towards Feed One, but we will have a Feed One Sunday where you have an opportunity to be able to feed a child. $10 a month feeds a child three square meals for 30 days. And then you can do, if you do an entire year, 120 bucks for an entire year. Is that right? We're good math right there. 120 bucks for the entire year. You can feed one child. 67,000 children are being fed in El Salvador by Feed One program. They can do 150,000 today because they have kids on the waiting list, but the need is great. And so how many know we're going to make a difference all across the world for God's praise and God's glory? And so it's just amazing. I got back on Friday and then went saw Avengers in Jesus' name. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for, yeah, I'm going to preach on, uh, and, uh, so I'm excited for baptism. And right after that, my pastor Lindsay said this, but baptism is proclaiming publicly what's taking place privately. 
Baptism is proclaiming publicly what's happened privately. That the water is when people plug their nose, put their hand on their wrist, and I say, upon your confession of faith, I now water baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't say it that quite that fast. People go under the water, and that water represents the ground, the grave, and then they come out. We don't keep you under very long, all right? Unless I personally know you sometime. And so I was, I'm kidding. And then you come out of that water, represents new birth, new life. And that's what we celebrate. We get excited for that. Every time somebody gets water baptized, eight people got spontaneously water baptized last service. We had zero sign-ups for that one. I was... God's doing amazing things in this church. But I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever taken an unexpected step that led to a great thing? Have you ever taken an unexpected step that led to a great thing. Sometimes, you know, Avenue Church, we're all about people taking a step. If you're here in this church and you're new for the very first time, there's a step for you to take. If you've been a Christian your entire life and I've read the Bible and you know all that, you have a step to take. If you go to Growth Track 1 through 4, all of a sudden you're serving on the A-team, you're making a difference, you discover your purpose, you know what God has planned for your life, you still have a step to take. It never ends with God, and that's why I love serving God. We're all about taking a step. But many great things are sometimes unexpected. You don't have to raise your hand. Some people did last service. But sometimes for some, finding out you were pregnant was unexpected. Anyone else? Somebody last service said she was already pregnant. She's like, yeah. <laughs> maybe for some of you in this room, maybe it's when you got pulled over by law enforcement. It was unexpected. I got pulled over on Sunday night at only Walmart to buy soccer balls for children in El Salvador. It was unexpected. When you arrived at Avenue Church, <laughs> I'm not even going to explain. When you arrived at Avenue Church for maybe the very first time, it was unexpected that this church was enjoyable. You didn't have to endure it. It was life-giving. It was amazing. The type of people I have on our A-team. Can we get up for our A-team? Our A-team's amazing. And there's room for you on that team. There's room for more. But sometimes a step an unexpected step will lead to great things. We know the story of David and Goliath in the Bible. We're studying that in our under 30 group on Monday nights. And David did not wake up on the day he slayed giant. He, he did not wake up on the day he threw a slingshot, hit the rock, chopped off his head, pulled him up, and won victory for the Israelites. He did not wake up that day and said, I think I'm going to murder a giant today. It was an unexpected step that led to a great thing. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the disciples. They're in the boat. They're professional fishermen, and they cannot catch anything. A man's walking on the shore and said, have you caught anything? And that man's name was Jesus. And they said, no, we didn't catch anything. The fish aren't biting. This is frustrating. We're professionals. This is how we make a living. And Jesus said, throw your nets onto the other side. When they threw their nets on the other side, they caught so much fish, their nets began to break. They called other boats over. I want you to picture this. They caught the lottery. They, they made it big. And Jesus said, that's amazing. You have enough money for years and years. Follow me. An unexpected step led to something greater. They left it all. They gave it all up. The biggest day, the most successful day, and they let it all go down. They, all let, they lay it all down. They followed after Jesus. But sometimes that's radical faith in this day and age. I want you to follow after Jesus and say, okay, yeah, but excuse me, I, I got options. I got I to weigh them, pastor. I can either list the pros, the cons. Like, you get water baptized today. Hold up. I need to think about this. I can't make decisions when I'm hangry. I got to go eat lunch first. 
I got to be able to sleep on this. I can't make a big decision today. And I love this. But the disciples, they drop everything and follow him. An unexpected step can lead to something even greater. What is it? About 12 years ago on a brisk summer night in Las Vegas, Nevada, I took my, wife, my, my girlfriend out to a park and I got on one knee and I unexpectedly proposed to her and it led to the greatest decision she ever made in her life. That's supposed to be that funny. I don't know why y'all laughing. I said, will you, bing, marry me, come on. That's what water baptism is. Water baptism is often an unexpected step that will lead to greater things in your life. See, there's a term Jesus said in the Bible. He said, I want you to follow me. There's so much to that context and the statement that he said, follow me. But we live in an amazing time in social media. Raise your hand if you're on Facebook. Facebook. Facebook people. Facebook, look around, look around. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Instagram, Instagram, not so kind of thin here. Snapchat, Snapchat, anyone else on Snapchat? Raise your hand if you just write letters and you're not on any of those things, right? Raise your hand if you're not, you're like, I call people, I have a relationship with them. <laughs> Raise your hand if you got flip phone, we're praying for you. Come on, somebody. Pow. But we live in a day and age of social media, and I think it's a great tool and resource. Sometimes pastors are like, it's still the devil. And like, what do you think, Pastor Jeremy? I'm like, you follow me? <laughs> you can follow me at Jeremy Fosma, B O S M A. I need some followers. Come on, somebody. But Facebook's a great tool and resource. But there's a quick tip. You know on Facebook, if you're following somebody, you're friends with somebody on Facebook, and maybe they're posting things you're getting kind of annoyed with, or maybe they're posting things that you just disagree with. Well, Facebook has a feature on every post that they post. You can click this little down, this down triangle, and a little thing pops up that says unfollow this person. And so you can click on that button, unfollow that person, and a little pop-up comes up from Facebook, says, hey, you're about to unfollow this person, but they're not going to know you unfollow them, but you're still going to be their friend. Now, I would never do this to you, right? Turn your neighbors, I would never do that to you. But here's the thing. More often than not, it's like that with Jesus. I'm friends with Jesus, but I'm going to unfollow him. I'm friends with Jesus, but I'm not going to do all of that. I want it convenient. I want it easy. I want to pick and choose. The Bible is my karaoke machine. It's things I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to do this and not that. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's on fire today. He's on fire today. It must be El Salvador. Come on, somebody. Jesus Cristo, te amo mucho. We desire for everyone to take a step towards Jesus and begin to publicly follow Jesus. Now, I love Peter in the Bible. Peter is a man in the Bible who didn't think, he, he didn't think before he acted. He didn't think before he said something. He just did stuff and got in trouble all the time. Any, any Peters in the room? Raise your hand. You're a Peter in this room, right? See, you're not thinking right there. Ah! Here's what I love about Peter. Peter's a man who's notoriously known for, he's a man notoriously known for denying Jesus. But here's the thing, he denied Jesus after, after Jesus told him. The Bible says Jesus said, Peter, after the rooster crows, the rooster will crow, will crow after you've denied me three times. And you know what Peter said? No, never. I'm your friend. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it all day. Ride or die, I will never deny you. It's like a child, right? You're like, hey, do not touch the fan. It's going to hurt. Okay. Brr, ah, I told you not to touch it. 
But here's the thing about Peter. Peter denied Christ three times. In Luke chapter 22, it says this, they, they seized Jesus on the night he was be, to be betrayed. Peter's about to deny him. But read, let's read what led up to his denial. Because I believe as many times we give Peter a hard time, we deny Christ in our own lives. And this is what it says in the Bible, Luke chapter 22. It says, so they arrested Jesus, and they led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. See, here's the first problem. Sometimes we're all gun ho because remember, Peter followed Jesus for three years. And on the third year, he's be, he was, he was betrayed, being betrayed. Jesus said, it's right or die. I'm in it through it. I'll come on somebody. Sometimes what you proclaim privately is not what you proclaim publicly. And so he's betrayed, and all of a sudden, Jesus was betrayed, taken away. Peter was right next to Jesus, but that night he followed at a distance. He backed it up a little bit. Here's the problem. The first problem is that Peter followed at a distance but denied his existence. And sometimes that can happen in our own life, whether it's something that happened, bitterness, unforgiveness, shame, guilt, whatever takes place. And sometimes we'll follow Jesus as a distance and we'll deny his existence. He didn't want to get too close. That's why we love Facebook and social media. I can know somebody, know what they're up to, but I don't have to get too close. I just enough information. I'm going to encourage you. This is what it says. That people, uh, Peter didn't want others to know about his relationship with God. Because the Bible says in, in Luke, Luke chapter 22, verse 55, so the guards, they, they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and they sat around it. And Peter joined them there instead of following Jesus and going where he was going. So here's the second problem. Peter sat down with the crowd instead of standing with Jesus. Peter sat down with the crowd instead of standing with Jesus. Let's put that slide up. I want to encourage you today, don't take a seat with the crowd. Instead, stand with Jesus and begin to discover your purpose. To say, you know what? I'm with him. I'm with him. He's not my friend. He's my Savior. He's my God. He's my Father. He loves me. He died for me on the cross. Standing shows others that you're all in. I am in like Flynn. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, so stand strong in your freedom. That's our vision. We want people to know God, not know church. We want you to know God so you can find freedom. Find freedom from your yesterdays, freedom from your past, so you can go into your future. And it says this, the anointed one freed us so we wouldn't spend one more day under the yoke of slavery trapped under the law. Relationship is so powerful. But Peter denies Christ three times around the fire, in the crowd, a little girl. And he begins to cuss it out, cuss people out and say, no, I don't know him. I'm not with him. And he denied Christ and he hears the rooster crow and guilt. And shame began to fill his heart. Man, I should have stood with Jesus. Man, I, I should have been there for him. I should have been at his side. I should have been in his place. But it wasn't until Acts chapter 2. He's filled with regret. But Acts chapter 2, a sound of a mighty rushing wind comes in. People are speaking in tongues. They're speaking another language. And you know what? You who gets up? Peter. He stood up and he began to preach without notes. And he preached his first life-giving message after denying Jesus. You know what that's called? That's called grace. That's called mercy of a loving Savior. So he preaches, and, 
3,000, I want you to put it up on the screen. So Peter preached, and 3,000 get saved. Baptized. Baptized. 3,000 get baptized. Peter stepped up. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. I love what Peter did. Peter stepped forward. That the man who stepped back three times and denied Christ decided to step forward. I'm going to encourage you today. Sometimes after missing God, sometimes after being in the pit, in prison, guilt and shame, you begin to encounter a life-giving message of Jesus Christ. You raise your hand in a service. You open in your Bibles. You dig in. Maybe the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart. You begin to encounter the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, you make sure it just doesn't happen again because you encounter God's grace. And you begin to step up. You begin to step forward. That punk Peter becomes passionate Peter. And Peter's decision that day, not just 3,000, but let millions of people for centuries to the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you today, will you turn and will you step? Will you turn and will you step? See, I love what God's doing at Avenue Church. Over Almost 700 people last week. Amazing story. We Even this week we had a Google reveal. And somebody in that Google reveal said, I love the vibe. I love the atmosphere. And that's something we work hard at. We believe that church should be enjoyed, not endured. It's a place where you can belong. It's a place where you can be home. It's a place where we want to make sure you're welcome. But how many know atmospheres don't change people? Jesus does. He changes people. He changes everything. And we love seeing life change every Sunday because it's all about Jesus. That is what he wants. He wants to change your life for the better. He wants to change your life for his praise and his glory. But here's what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Yeah, repent and be baptized. I want you to turn to God and be baptized. And many times we hear about that repent. Word. And repent simply means I'm going in this direction of destruction, of death, of guilt and shame. But now I decide to repent. If you're here today, you say, oh man, he said repent. Repent simply means I'm changing direction. I'm moving this way. And so Peter says, we're going this way. It's leading you nowhere but to death. But I want you to repent, change your direction. I want you to take a step out of the darkness. Take a step out of discouragement and shame and guilt. And take a step into the plans and promises God has for your life. But I want you to get baptized. I want you to get baptized. I want you to make it public in your life. That repent simply means to turn around. You might say, Pastor, why are you so passionate? I'm passionate because I'm excited when someone says, yes, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. That can change families. That can change centuries. That can change legacies for God's praise and God's glory. That's why I'm passionate. But you might be like, calm down, Pastor Jeremy. I don't know. I had two cups of coffee today. It's amazing. But you know what's better than caffeine? Seeing eight people get spontaneously water baptized. It's amazing. That's what God is doing in the lives of people. You see, when I was in El Salvador this week, we went to Tacuba, Tacuba, a village out there. And then on the way back, 
uh, on the mountainside, and they turned into this, this, uh, this area. And this area had, had coffee farm. So we got a tour of the coffee farm, how they grow coffee. Coffee is on a plant, actually on the leaves. And so I was like, come on, Daniel Faster's got better. Come on, it's a plant. Maybe you get that later. And so we, they showed us the coffee. They roasted some coffee for us. There was a beautiful garden there with flowers. It was amazing. Then we sat down for lunch. It's, and the hospitality in El Salvador is incredible. And so when we sat down for lunch, all of a sudden they brought all kinds of food out for us. Many of you can name the foods. I cannot. And so they brought it out. I kid you not, I've had many of these before, but they gave us the, uh, authentic right there, fresh, not processed, pupusas. Come on, somebody amazing pupusas. And it was like, I just grabbed one. They're like, no, 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 pastor. And so they put toppings on it, like coleslaw, salsa. I was, I was like, oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. I mean, I was like, these other pastors from like St. Louis and Louisiana getting a quesadilla. I was like, don't you touch that quesadilla. Get a pupusa. Don't waste your time on that. Get a pupusa with chorizo. Come on, somebody. Amazing. I became a food evangelist. It was so good. And then they had horchata, right? They had horchata there. And that's rice milk with cinnamon. It was, it was, it was, you know, I love horchata. And so I said, can you pass me the horchata? And one guy goes, this is interesting. And I was like, what's, what's up? And they go, this is different. There's peanuts in here. It tastes like peanut butter. And I said, Woo, what? So I tried the heart china, put it in there, rice milk, cinnamon, peanut. It tasted like Reese's. Come on, somebody. I was, oh, Jesus. We need to evangelize Vegas, right? Put peanuts in your heart china. It's amazing. Another guy went to drink water. I went, get that water off your hands. Get some heart china. After service, somebody's going to be like, heart china. I'm like, I don't know. It's amazing. Heaven. But why do I say that? Because I became a food evangelist on that day. I was like, everyone, taste and see that the Lord is good. How come, how come we don't do that with our faith? How come we don't do that publicly in our lives? I'm not saying we don't degrade people and make them feel bad. Like, I'm going to heaven. You're not. You're going to hell where there's brim and fire. I'm telling you, there's some people in your life, you're like, I don't go to heaven if you're going. But can we tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ? That God saved me. That I was the chief of all sinners. I was the worst of the worst. But God still died for me on that cross. God saved me for, my, for his praise and his glory. I'm not trying to be pushy today, but something happens on the inside of us when you experience the greatest gift of all. And that's a gift of salvation. A gift of eternal life. Come on, somebody. Come on, many of us are going to heaven, but we're not enjoying the journey. Let's enjoy the journey while we're here on this earth to bring many people to Christ. I don't get commissioned every time I see people get saved or dunked. I get fired up. That's what it's all about. It's not about the crowds. It's about one person. It's about one person accepting Jesus. So what's my next step? I got three quick points for you. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, I want you to follow the example set by Jesus. Here's what I love about Jesus. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. But also, he got water baptized too. He went to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was like, I'm I'm fit to carry your your sandals. You baptize me. And Jesus said, no, I've come to be the example. And he got water baptized. You know what example means? Example means a model. Jesus lived holy so we can have something to look to. 
So we can have an example in our lives. He was an example for us because baptism is a symbol. Baptism is a symbol. See, if I, I have a wedding ring on, I've been married uh, now just 12 years this year. I have a wedding ring on, and if I take it off, am I still married? What? There's some ladies I know. Maybe you have the gift and people just flirt with you. So you get yourself a fake ring and you go, back up, homie. I need you to get away from me. I'm married to Jesus. But if you're single here and you put on a ring, does that make you married? No. I'm here to encourage you. Baptism is a symbol. But they, if you're putting a ring on doesn't make you married. It's a symbol that you already are. That you already are. Baptism doesn't save you, but it's a symbol that you belong to Jesus. That's all that it is. But it's also, it's a command. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he said, therefore go. Go. Get up. Go. Reach people. Make disciples out of all nations. Don't just stay in Vegas. Go to El Salvador. Go to Africa. Go to the ends of the earth, proclaiming my name, and baptize them. It's a command. Be baptized. doesn't say if you want to. You know what I mean? It says if you want, he said, be baptized. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says this, and this was a tough one. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says, someone might, may say, I am a Christian. Man, I'm going to heaven. I got my get out of jail car. I belong to Christ. But if he doesn't do what Christ tells him to do, he's a liar. That's the power in baptism. Baptism shows, listen, I've been set free. Jesus paid for my sins. I'm out. I'm brand new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, but it's also accountability. It's what's happened privately. It's now out there publicly. People now know that I'm a Christian. But man, sometimes it's hard when we go to work. It's hard when something happens on Facebook. It's hard. My next series is called Distracted. I believe the enemy wants to do anything he can to distract you. The thief comes to, steal, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I'm going to rewrite it for the next four weeks and say the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to distract. He'll keep you busy. He'll keep you preoccupied. He'll keep you from serving. He'll keep you from listening into service. I'll have tragedy happen. How many know last week was Easter? All kinds of dumb stuff happened Monday through Saturday. Why? Because we made an impact on Easter Sunday. He'll do whatever he can to distract, but I understand what it's like. When you say, are you Christian? Ah, uh, it depends. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm here to encourage you today that last week we celebrated Easter. In Easter, many of us celebrated the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you know, we had dozens and dozens of people experience Easter. That their inside was resurrected. Inside had new life in Jesus Christ. But listen to me. You know what Jesus did on Easter? Jesus said, hey, listen, I'll make you a deal. I'll take the cross. I'll take the shame as long as you take the water. You get water baptized to show others that you are, you are new in Christ. You know how you spell religion? is D-O. Do this, don't do that. Religion is do, but relationship is spelled D-O-N-E. Come on, somebody. It is done in Jesus' name. And hear me out. I'm going to pass to you for just a moment. Many of us, we fight. We fight for victory. We wake up and say, I'm getting attacked. I'm getting hit on both sides. I'm a victim. And God is saying, no, you're not. You're a victorious. We don't fight for victory. You fight from victory. That Christ died on the cross for your sins in Jesus' name. 
So we wake up victorious. We, can, we wake up saying, I'm alive in Christ. It's not I that lives, but Christ in me. See, when we get water baptized, it shows what has been done in us. An unexpected step that leads to great things. Jesus says, I want you to experience baptism, an outward symbol of what has happened in your heart. But number two, write this down, demonstrate. Demonstrate your new life. That's when we step into it. That's when we say, I'm now a new creation in Christ Jesus. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says, that, by the way, is that what baptism is. Baptism is a picture for us. In baptism, we show that we have been saved from death and doomed by the resurrection of Christ Jesus, not because our bodies are washed clean by water, but because being, being baptized, we are turning to God. We are repenting, and we're asking him to cleanse our hearts from sin. I know water is amazing, but water is, doesn't fix everything. That water out there is holy water from the hose. Come on, somebody. A little chilly, but not bad. Jesus, water doesn't fix anything. Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. Baptism is a picture of what sh that shows that we have been saved by death. See, my grandpa, Grandpa Arlo, that's an old school name, huh? Arlo. He's 88 years old. He's been married for 65 years. Come on, somebody. 65 years. I love hanging out with my grandpa. He's hilarious. He's got jokes. The older he gets, the more inappropriate they come. So I can't repeat them anymore. But he loves Jesus. And I remember being a kid going on the farm in North Dakota. And out there in the farm, you do not stay inside. You go outside and you get grease in your hands from working on tractors. You get dirt in your hands from being out in the fields and looking at the harvest. I love hanging out with my grandpa. All of a sudden you would get dirt and grease and grime and all this stuff in your hands. And when you go inside, I remember we used to try to get gasoline to get stuff out, paint, all that. And none of it would really work. And you go inside, I remember it being a little kid, going into my, that tiny little uh, bathroom they have in that little home on the farm. And I'm I'm looking for the soap. Like, where's the soap at? Where's the nice white stuff with flowers and daffodils? Yeah, I mean, like, I want the smelly stuff. Not at Grandpa's house, right? They had the orange soap. Any mechanics in this place? They had the orange soap. It's like rocks come out of it, like glass. Right? You pump that thing. It smells good. It smells orangey. But also, it's like rocks and glass. You're like, oh, my God. What is this? It hurts. It's weird. But all of a sudden, that soap is designed for mechanics to get every dirt and grime and stuff out of your hands. And so it hurts for a little bit. You put it under the water, and your hands are magically clean. That's what happens when you get water baptized. You're showing the world, God took away my guilt. God took away my shame. Every crack and crevice, every dirt and grime, every path, it is now clean in Jesus. He did it, not me. That's what baptism is. Baptism is an outward proclamation of an inward transformation. So today, let us move from sitting with the crowd to standing with Jesus. Because our lives have been changed by the one who loves us. And here's my final point, number three, is declare. It's declare. Declare your commitment publicly. And I know it'd be tough. It's tough in this day and age. But this, you know what? Jesus wants you to follow him and not be ashamed of it. I don't know if you have a, you know, <laughs> this last service. I don't know if you've got a spouse or anything like that, but how many know, what would it be like to be married to somebody you're ashamed with? Don't raise your hands. Keep your elbows closed. All right. Like, come with me, come here, dummy. Like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Jesus wants you to follow him and be proud of it. 
to follow him and let people publicly know. And that is why we do public baptisms. Did you know there is not one verse in the Bible that says your faith should be private? The Bible says you're to be a city on a hill, not hidden, to be light, to be salt. Jesus said, let people see your good works so they can glorify your Father in heaven. Not so you can be like, look what I do. But anytime we do a good work, people begin to see Jesus. You know, we went to a village where kids are getting 200 calories for government food. We're giving them meals that lead up to 500 calories. We're playing with them. We're giving them soccer balls and candy. We're doing life with them. And I know when we left there, they said, maybe there's a God in heaven who loves me. Man, I want to have public faith. You know, I want to confess with you, though. At home, in the privacy of my home, I wear a wedding ring. And my wife and I... You know, we're married at, at home, but when I leave the house, I always take my ring off. I leave it in the garage, and I drive out because my marriage, I'm married in the privacy of my own home. And how many know that it's a lie from, that it's a lie? How many know I would have been shanked by now? I would have been stabbed and twisted. I would have been like, you keep that ring off, fool, right? She would have chased me down. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's wonderful. She's a delicate flower. And so this ring shows... This ring shows that I belong to her and she belongs to me. This ring shows that I'm committed. I'm public about this. That's why we do public wedding ceremonies. That's why it's out there for all to know. That's why on Facebook you can change your status from it's complicated to married. Come on, somebody. And that's what water baptism is. Water baptism is declaring I'm with him. I belong to him. And guess what? You could belong to him too. What Jesus did in my life, chief of all sinners, the worst of the worst, he can do it in your life. So I want to encourage you today, I want you to watch a video of a young lady in our church named Daniel Tomlin, and she spontaneously got water baptized. Um, my name is Danielle Tomlin. Um, I've been in Vegas about 14 years. The first time coming to Avenue was extremely inviting. Felt like um, coming to a family. I couldn't wait to come back to the next Sunday. Couldn't wait to bring the kids back. Couldn't wait to um, tell my friends and family about it. So on, I believe it was March 12th, um, I woke up. I kind of did not really want to come to church that day, um, but something was telling me I had to get to church. and. Jeremy blew my socks off with the message that he gave us that day. Um, and after seeing everybody get baptized, I just had these chills going down my body and I just felt something telling me like, this is the time. There's no waiting, today is the day. And I remember, and as I think about it, I just get emotional because I remember feeling like God is like, it's now, now is the time. Now is the time, Danielle, take this walk with me. And I remember walking over there and I'm looking back and my sister was the only one here. And I remember, sorry, I remember looking back and I'm just like, nobody's here with me. Is this really, should I really do this right now? Like nobody. And as I'm walking, I remember Jeremy looking at me and he kind of waved me over. And I just felt that confirmation like, yes, this is the time. Like there's no turning back. And that was the day I, made, I decided to make my transformation. <laughs> I was wearing jeans, a t-shirt, and a sweater. And I actually had, after that, I had um, 
next steps or grow track sorry it was grow track um next steps and it was step two and I sat through it completely drenched and soaking wet <laughs> and it wasn't even that hot it wasn't 115 degrees as it is now and I remember sitting through it with a towel and making that phone call to my husband like I did it I did it without anybody here I felt satisfied I felt excited I felt relieved excited about my new journey and what lies ahead. Come on. Isn't that amazing? I remember that day. And so I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. We should put it on the screens behind me. And this says this, those who accepted Peter's message that day were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number. Say it. I'm going to point to you and I want you to say that day. That day. They were added to the number when? That day. They got water baptized when? That day. That day, not next week, not next month. It was? That day. The Bible says 3,000 people got saved and they worked out in their imperfections. It didn't say that. It said 3,000 people got saved on? It said 3,000 people got saved, called their mom and their dad. They made plans. They went back the next month. They got on the calendar. No. It said 3,000 people got baptized it said, you know what, 3,000 people got saved, and all of a sudden they, they remember when they were baptized as a little kid. That's great for your parents, but now it means something to you. So they got baptized when? 3,000 people heard the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, got saved, and said, you know what, I'm going to get baptized when I get my life right. I'm going to have a few good points with Jesus, and then maybe I'll get in that water. Somebody last service told me, otherwise it's going to boil. You know what, that man, he got in the baptism tank when? That day! That day, when now, you might say today, I'm not ready. That excuse is invalid unless you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. It is time to get baptized today. It's the next step. You know, the moment you think you're not ready is the moment the Holy Spirit begins to push you, to challenge you, to take a step. Because I want to ask you, is today that day for you? Is today your day? Today, a day where a dad steps up and says, I'm not perfect. I'm going to be an example for my family. Because I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. An outward proclamation of an inward transformation. Maybe your mom who says, I'm not perfect today, but I've decided to follow Jesus. Maybe there's a family here today that says, you know what, that's for me in my house, we'll serve the Lord. That when we get in that tank together as a family, we're going to walk it out in our life. Today, a dad went in. He skipped the whole shirt process. He's like, I want a shirt. And he got into the tank. He got water baptized. His wife got in. She got water baptized. No, no baptism shirts, just all clothes. She got in. Their son got in. He got water baptized. Why? Because that's for me and my house. We will publicly serve the Lord. An unexpected step because it leads to something greater in your life. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to turn... And we're going to take a step, and we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to ask Jesus into our hearts. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But after we pray that prayer, then we're going to take a step and say, I'm going to get water baptized. So do me a favor. Will you stand with me, please? And I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is the moment in service where you're like, finally, Pastor. Pastor, you're finally talking about this. I finally can ask Jesus into my heart. I finally can take a step. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes, and maybe you're here today. And you're saying, you know what, I want 
what God has for my life. I'm ready to wash away my sins. I'm ready to give Christ the penalty of my sins to say, Jesus, you died on a cross for me. And that is you today. And you said, Pastor, thank you for not embarrassing me or single me out. But will you help me pray a prayer right here in this service? And if that is you, just put a hand up. Put it right back down. Just say, that's me, Pastor. Put it up. Right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Up. Right back down. Anyone else? Yes. Over there. Up. And right back down. Say, Pastor, will you pray that prayer? Yes. Up. Right back down. Anyone else? God is smiling in heaven. There are angels cheering because you put a hand up and you put it right back down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Up. Right back down. Yes. Let's pray this prayer together because we don't do life alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one with all my heart. The best way I know how. I'm going to publicly live for you. Say, today, I now know who I am. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Give God a shout. Give God a praise. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.